Definitely Baby acknowledges the traditional owners of the lands on which we record today. The Wadawurrung and Jajar Wurrung people and the Wurundjeri Willem and Boonarong peoples of the Kulin Nation. This always was and always will be First Nations land. Welcome to Definitely Baby, a podcast that shares parents' unique stories of their transitions into the world of parenthood and the profound identity and relationship changes that accompany it. I hope this podcast is a supportive, comforting and inspiring resource for you, no matter where you are on your parenting journey. Let's muddle through the ups and downs of parenthood together and find solace in the knowledge that we're not alone. Every parenting journey is full of surprises, but if you can count on one thing, it's definitely baby. Hello, lovely people. I hope you're having a beautiful day so far. Thank you so much to everyone for all of your messages and love for our recent episode and announcement that we're having another little bubba early next year, late this year, we'll see. Um, TBC. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I really am so grateful for you all and for all of your beautiful messages. I was feeling pretty good in the last week. I was finally feeling a bit more energized. I was getting to the gym. I was feeling back into the routine of things after you really get out of that first trimester nausea stage. Uh, And then on Saturday, we had our first Uh, midwifery appointment at the hospital that we're booked in at and unfortunately we left feeling a little bit defeated and powerless I won't get into it too much now I don't want to get emotional but yeah it was a bit of an emotional day yeah and then we got home that night and I had an onset of gastro which then my partner Hagen got you know, six or eight hours later. So I was up vomiting all night and it was awful. It was absolutely awful. (laughs) We spent the whole of the Sunday just like in bed, taking turns napping, trying to parent. Hayes watched a lot of Bluey. It was, yeah, it was the worst. We hadn't had a day like that where we were both sick uh, and trying to parent. So that was a first. (laughs) Love to know if anyone else has experienced that before and if anyone has any tips for if that happens again, because yeah, that was not fun. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to provide a trigger warning because in the episode we do discuss postnatal anxiety and OCD. So I'll leave that up to you if this, these topics don't feel comfortable for you right now. I'll leave some resources in the show notes as well if you would like to visit any of those. So in today's episode of the show, we are joined by Amy. We get to hear her experiences of becoming a step-parent as her now husband Andy had three children to previous relationships when they first got together and they have recently welcomed their own daughter together, Lola, 14 months ago. We get to hear about Amy's speedy birth with Lola, some breastfeeding challenges she had at the start and her experience with seeing a lactation consultant, which really was invaluable to her. We hear about Lola's hip dysplasia, which meant that from six weeks to six months, she was in a brace, which brought up a lot of challenges for Amy and Andy navigating all of those. 
the sleep deprivation that she experienced as well as the challenges from the hip dysplasia culminated in Amy spending some time in a mother baby unit for postnatal anxiety and OCD. She didn't know at first that that was what she was experiencing, but once she was in the unit, she was able to, the nurses, they were able to tell her that this is kind of what she was experiencing and helping her make sense of those things, which was, yeah, really important for her. And she left her experience there feeling a lot more relaxed and a lot more settled going into the next phases of Lola's life, which is beautiful to hear. I think it's so important to bring awareness to hip dysplasia because this isn't talked about enough and there isn't much information given to us in the early days about about what this looks like and what this can mean for baby's development and everything like that. It's a really beautiful episode. We hear about Amy's identity, relationship changes and all of those things as well. And I thank you so much for bringing awareness to these topics, Amy. And without further ado, let us get into the chat. Hi, Amy. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really excited to chat to you. Could you start by telling everyone a bit about yourself and your family? Sure, yeah. So I'm Amy and we have four children, four wonderful children, um, and three of which are my stepchildren. And one is my biological daughter, Lola, and she's 14 months old. My husband and I, Andy, we've been together for... Uh, about three years um, and married for 16 months, I think. Oh, and I was going to mention um, we have two little dogs as well and they were probably actually my first babies. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> important members, the dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. And can you tell us about, so Andy already had three kids before you guys got together. Can you tell us about how you and Andy kind of met and how you were feeling in the early days about becoming a stepmom? So Andy and I, it was like any other modern day romance. <laughs> we had a mutual follow on Instagram. Actually, Slid into the I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, it did though. Like we were replying to each other's stories um, and I don't know how, but I, I finally like convinced him to have a coffee with me. And I obviously knew that he had kids um. And I I thought they were like so sweet and cute. And yeah, anyway, so I had a coffee with him and it was really, I don't know, I just felt like really comfortable talking with him. And yeah, we had a really good chat. And I thought I went home thinking, oh, that was really good. Like, I want to see him again. He hugged me and he was like, we should do this again. And anyway, um, so we did a few like dates like that. (laughs) Dates. So I thought they were dates Um, and then we were chatting and he made a comment about being like a single dad forever living at the beach and looking after his like grandkids and stuff one day and then I was like oh I thought we were going on dates Mm. and he was like oh I thought we were just (laughs) and then he was like so he like uh, unknowingly to me he had friend zoned me where I thought we were going on dates anyway so um he apologised and said, no, I do want to go on a date with you. I just didn't think, you know, like you'd be interested in a single dad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, then we went on a real date. And he's so funny because he really does wear his heart on his sleeve. He was telling, like, everybody on our 
real official date that it was our official date. Like even like the waitress and everything, he like let her in. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> yeah. And then in regards to the feelings around being a stepmom, I didn't really consider myself like a stepmom. Um, and I actually always call myself step parent because I don't want to uh, like overstep or take on um, somebody else's sort of role because it is a different role entirely in itself like and they have their mum so yeah I was a little bit nervous like meeting them and I'd spent time with like younger kids at work or like my younger siblings or cousins so um, yeah I was I was excited and I felt really privileged too that like Andy liked me or trusted me enough to spend time with his world um, and yeah so I was I was overall really excited to meet them and I was very lucky too they uh connected with me straight away um I think they were excited for <laughs> a girl to do their hands <laughs> the dad doing ponytails <laughs> but yeah I think I just felt honored to sort of be a part of these little people's lives and yeah, yeah. Oh. and I don't yeah and I don't I don't really think I knew what like would happen like yeah, I don't think I had big expectations. I just was like, yeah, really happy to be a part of their lives and and try and be like a positive part of their lives, yeah. 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 Oh, that sounds like such a nice way to approach it. And then, yeah. yeah, beautiful start to your yeah. relationship with Andy as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, can you tell us about when Lola was conceived and, yeah, how your birth and everything was with her? Yeah. Uh, so... I had the marina in. I know that oh, you yes. said had a, you did. Had a yeah, couple of IUD. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. So I had the marina in um, and I had it taken out. And then this is when I was studying um, my postgrad as well. So I'm a nurse and I was studying postgrad in emergency care. And Andy and I sort of like had the conversation. I was, you know, we have three wonderful children already. and you know, I was sort of like feeling like I wanted to like add to that and like, and like, cause I obviously love Andy so much and, and he loves being a dad. He's such a great dad. Um, yeah, we, we came to the decision we would make our own, <laughs> um, or add to our own. And yeah, I thought, you know, I'll get the Myrina out and we'll see like where that leads. And I was halfway through postgrad. So I was like, oh, I know that other people, um, I know it's taken a very long time to conceive. So I thought maybe by the end of the year, maybe by the next year, but then a month later. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So it was, yeah, a bit of a surprise. And pregnancy was a bit of a dream, really. Um, one of my friends was due two days before me. So we sort of like followed each other along like the pregnancy and stuff. Um, it was a work colleague and she would be really sick and then I would just be feeling guilty because I wasn't sick at all no nausea nothing like I didn't really even like feel pregnant until she started moving like in my well, belly lucky. Um, <laughs> yeah I know and I didn't have like yeah anything really um any symptoms and then yeah it was it was all fine I have a um it's called a bicornuate uterus so it's like a heart shape um okay yeah so, yeah, so they can sort of like run out of room um, to grow. So she was always on my right side of my belly and very tightly packaged. Um, mm-hmm. And so they wanted to do like extra scans just to make sure that she was growing all right, which I was fine with because I got to see her a lot. <laughs> 
yeah, we did find out what we were having as well. We weren't going to, and then I got it put in an envelope just in case we wanted to. Mm. And then as soon as we got home, we all opened it together. Yeah, it'd be so tempting. It's like, it's yeah, just that envelope over there. Like, <laughs> So it was stuck to the fridge probably for like 10 minutes and we're like, like <laughs> and we all opened it as a family. So that was really Aww. nice. Like the kids yeah. and, and then my waters broke when I was 36 weeks and six days. So unfortunately it was a day early so I had to go into the hospital and have um, antibiotics just to make sure like no infection got to her and that kind of thing because she was little by a day and yeah so I spent the whole day in hospital so my waters broke at five o'clock in the morning and I was really excited I was like oh my gosh and it was like the movies like it actually like splashed out like really yeah I woke up don't hear of that happening very often yeah (laughs) and that's what I'd been told by the midwives always not like the movies Mm. um for me anyway so I woke up all of a sudden at five o'clock in the morning and I was like whoa and then I went into the bathroom and yeah I went to go to the toilet and it just went everywhere oh god <laughs> and I was yelling out to Andy I was like babe babe and he was like what I'm sleeping and then um <laughs> he came in and he hates this but he was studying um health promotion at the time so he was doing his yeah postgrad in that and he was like no she can't come now because oh. he had an assignment due the next day. Oh, no. <laughs> like, like in true Andy form, he'd like half done it. Oh, um, left so, it to the last minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's like, no, she can't come today. Like, And I was helping him do his references and that because I'd done postcard the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, he was like, no, she can't come. Like, I've got to get this done. We've got to do the referencing. Like, you've got to proofread. <laughs> and he was, like, fully stressing out where I'm, like, all smiles. Like, She's coming. Um, exactly. And, yeah, so then he was like, once I've got an extension, I'll, I'll be able to be excited. And I was like, mm. you definitely, like, get an extension. Yeah, I think <laughs> this is a pretty extenuating factor. <laughs> <laughs> so he applied for the extension and then he was happy and, yeah, oh, we went good. to the hospital because the midwife said to come in and yep. yeah, she checked and confirmed that the waters had broken. Um, I was pretty sure they had anyway. Um, and, yeah, then I had to stay with the antibiotics and I actually sat and did Andy's referencing. <laughs> in <hospital>. Where you go? <laughs> yeah. um, and then I had like sporadic like um, cramping and that kind of thing. Like it wasn't terrible, probably from about lunchtime. And then, like, and then they would come, like, five minutely and I'd be like, this is it. And then they'd just go away for, like, an hour and I'd be like, oh. And then it did that sort of until about, like, 8 p.m. And Andy was like, well, I may as well go home because we went public. He couldn't stay. So Andy was like, oh, I may as well go home and um, get some rest. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And then about an hour after he left, they actually started, like, for real mm-hmm. and then I wasn't believing it because they'd been doing it like the trick ones all day like on and off so I didn't really believe it until um I don't know the pain just got like a lot like I was once when the when the sort of contraction would go through me I would go th- I swear from like the top of my head to like the tips of my toes like this wave of like wow. pain but once it was gone, I was okay. I was like, oh, this is all right. But then it would come back and I'd be like, this is the worst. Like, I can't. How far apart were they at that stage? Um, I think they were like two or three minutes at that bit. 
mm-hmm. at that stage. And then I called the midwife to come in. But I wasn't like, I wasn't like crying or I wasn't like, I don't think I looked like I was in pain because the midwife didn't believe it. She mm-hmm. was like, no, you're not in labor. Like you're not like, you're not at like that stage. So she just let me go for a bit. And, and then I think it was about an hour later, I buzzed her because I was a bit teary now. I was like, I don't think this can get any worse than it is like right now. And then she was sort of still like, oh, yeah, yes, okay. And I was like, I need something. And she was like, I can get you some Panadol. And I was like, yeah, anything, (laughs) I just need something. So she gave me Panadol. And then I said, like, how much worse will this get? Because, like, I feel like, you know, I can't sit still. Like, it's getting. And then she was like, she sort of, like, didn't roll her eyes. She was very lovely. But she was like, oh, I'll check how dilated you are. Maybe we can get you some morphine. And I was like, okay. So she had a look. And I was actually eight centimeters. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, she was. No wonder she, you're in pain. <laughs> her reaction was like, "Oh," and I was like, "What?" And she was like, "Oh, you're eight centimeters, darling. Oh. You're going to have to go to a birth suite." Yeah. How far was, into your labor were you? This um, all seems quite quick. Yeah. Well, it was seven hours total. I I don't know. Oh, it's wow. hard to remember. Like amazing. So I think I told her like they started around nine ish. I think I said, yeah, nine-ish to 3.44 in the morning. Wow. Um, so, yeah, she was she was like, we better go to a birth suite. And then I was like, what does that mean? Like, does that mean, like, she's coming? Do I do I need to call my husband? And she was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, you do. And I was like, oh. And I was like, oh, and I've got a student midwife. Should I, like, call her as well? And she was like, yeah, yep. And then I was like, okay. And they started moving all my stuff. Like, I didn't really realise that you wouldn't just birth them in the room they put you. Like mm, yeah. there's an actual suite with legs out and like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just like the waiting room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then, yeah, we went into the birth room and things sort of like escalated a bit. Like I was like, oh, I really can't. Like I don't want to like be in my mm. own body anymore. And Andy arrived and he hates this bit as well, but <laughs> he walked in and he was like, I'm so excited to be here, guys, but if anybody gets a second, I'm going to need a coffee if I'm going to stay awake because like I'm so <laughs> tired. And I just like glared at him. I was like, you're tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at me. <laughs> Anyway, so he got his coffee. He actually didn't drink it. Mm. Um, oh, God. And then, <laughs> and then I just got, like, this overwhelming feeling, like, I needed to, like, I don't know, like, move up, like, out of my body, like. And I, I laid on the bed and, yeah, I, yeah, just the, I don't know, that overwhelming need to, like, push, like, and it's like your body's doing it and it kind of feels good to push but, like, also very bad (laughs) but Mm. just that overwhelming like your body knows what it's doing and it just does it and you help it along but I think it was when she was crowning I um decided it was then that I needed more pain relief and the midwife sort of just like dawdled around the question and it's not that she ignored me but she was just like you're doing it like and I was like no I need pain relief and and she just was like I don't know. She kept like trying to distract me from the question, and I was like, "Nah, I need pain relief." Yeah, give me something. Yeah, yeah. And she, um, she kindly told me that, uh, "No, I won't be getting pain relief because I'm about to meet my baby." And then I was like, "It's too late." 
Yeah. And I was like, nah, that's not, that's not real life. You're lying mm. to me. And she was like, no, you're doing a really good job. And I was like, I can't, like I quit. I've got to go. <laughs> and then she was born like 10 minutes after that. Yeah. Sounds like transition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, nah, I, I don't care what you all do. I'm not pushing another push. Like, mm-hmm. So whatever happens, happens. See you later. Like, um, yeah, yeah. But then I did it. And I was really proud. Like I did it on Panadol. So <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. But, like, I'm impressed. Yeah. I was, I remember like, um, also straight after she did chest, uh, skin to skin for ages and she did that cute little like newborn oh. hip to find. Oh, like chest crawl, breast yeah, crawl. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. yeah. It was really like sweet. Um, and then Annie oh. was like over in the corner of the room like. <laughs> <laughs> so was she quite, was she quite little? Cause she, she was, was, she was not too bad. So she, oh, yeah. on the day she was 37 weeks. Yeah. Um, she was, yeah. Wow. Exactly. 37. Yeah, Great. Yeah. 2.8 or like six. Oh, that's yeah. 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 Okay. And yeah. 48 centimeters. So pretty all right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah nice. Um, and yeah, she didn't go to special care or anything like that. And yeah, I just remember getting in the shower after and just like looking at my body and like, I don't know, I was just like touching my belly and I was like, I can't believe like I just did that. Like how awesome I like women. Like we're so amazing powerful yeah yeah, yeah. um and then I had like the little walk they make you walk from like the birth suite to the post um oh birth ward. yeah so I walked over and like all of the nurses were like it was like I had this like cheer squad they were like oh wow you're such a quiet achiever like you like, I didn't even know you're in labor and I was like well oh. I tried to tell you but that's okay yeah <laughs> um yeah. but then they were all like smiling and like yeah I'm like it was really oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. What a, so, yeah, what a quick labour yeah. for a first labour. That's amazing. Yeah, and overall I think it was like I consider it to be a pretty like positive experience. Mm, yeah, okay. Yeah. And then like postpartum, just trying to breastfeed I think was the biggest mm. um, issue. Like no one, everyone goes on about how easy, how easy and mm. convenient breastfeeding is. And it is once you know like what you're doing. But – I would get like Andy, like I just couldn't get her to do it. Like I don't know if it was my dexterity, like trying to <laughs> latch her, but she had a bit of trouble latching, which they said could be because she was a bit early. And I would literally get Andy to like come at me with her, like, and just like, <laughs> um, and it was so painful too. Like I didn't realize it would be painful. Like, um, yeah. And then I think I endured like six days of, pain like just trying to learn how to latch and that kind of thing and then I saw a a lactation consultant great yeah yeah and that like solved all my problems like I was yeah yeah they're the best (laughs) yeah I was actually ready to stop I was like this is just so painful I can just express and feed her like that was an option or yeah I just wanted her to be like happy healthy fed so yeah I was like I can stop I don't mind and yeah and then I saw this lactation consultant and she was amazing and we're still breastfeeding now 14 mm. months later yeah yeah wow yeah great awesome yeah. yeah and then how about sleep how's that kind of been for you guys oh I don't think I know what that <laughs> word means like since, <laughs> since before she was born um yeah like even like uh the later weeks of pregnancy like the insomnia insomnia and that kind of thing I don't know I think I put like a lot of stress on myself as well for her to be a good a good sleeper if there's such a thing um only because like the other kids they would sleep 
7 p.m. till 7 a.m. every night. Like, I never get up. Um, and I was like, what am I doing wrong? Like, why is Lola? It must be me because, like, you know, Andy got the other kids to sleep, but I can't get Lola to sleep. And, yeah, I put a lot of pressure on myself. We ended up co-sleeping um, and co-sleeping safely, like, with the, like, red nose, like, recommendation. Yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah, so we co-slept for seven months and, like, always – People always told me like, well, some good advice that I had, it's not a problem until it's a problem. So it started to become a problem, her co-sleeping, just the quality of sleep that you get and trying to sleep in that like C-like shape Mm. was getting to me. Your hair is like tied up, like, yeah, Yeah, all the things. Yeah, on the one side of the bed and like, Mm. um, I think like part of me too, because like Andy was like, I can sleep with her on my side. And I was like, you can, but I don't want you to because I wasn't, I didn't want to let her go. And yeah, so then we got a sleep consultant and she was really helpful. And we sort of just took out bits that worked for our family. Um, yeah. Did you get one that ca- came to your house or was it just no, like a call? No, no. Um, We just did an email sort of consult and then she, okay. yeah, she took in like our info and then she made a plan according to like Lola's age. Yep. Um. And she was really good too. Like she was like, if you want to continue co-sleeping, you can. Um, and But if you want to get her into the cot, I can help you with that kind of thing as well. So she was really helpful. And then we ended up, yeah, getting her in her cot. And um, But she's, I think she's a bit of a sensitive sleeper. She, um, like if the tiniest bit of light gets in her room, she's awake or the tiniest little sound. Like we have so much white noise like in her room, the bathroom like fan on, the kitchen fan on when she's asleep. Like, yeah. And then I just never know what to expect with her. Like um, she could have the best day ever and then wake up all night or she could have like, or she could have like seven till seven sleep. You just, I just never know what to expect. (laughs) But I did learn to just, um, sort of just accept what she's doing because she she's a baby like you know it's Mm. yeah part of like being a baby like you need connection with your mum and dad and and like cuddles and that kind of thing and I yeah just like trying not to pressure myself too much into how she sleeps because she'll get what she needs like yeah Mm. that's such a good attitude to have yeah but before I got that attitude I was very stressed like Mm. yeah 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 I really was too in the early days. I remember just yeah. there's so much information online. I don't I know, know if you yeah. found this, but there's so many like sleep Instagrams and stuff that I would oh. follow thinking that they would help me, That, but a lot of them actually made me feel worse. I don't know why, yeah. you know, it's like yeah. by this age they should be sleeping this long or they need this many feeds overnight. And, and there was all this, yeah. Doing that, like. I know, yeah, and then you're kind of like, oh, what am I doing wrong yeah. or something? And it's just yeah. like, oh. yeah. Yeah. I actually um, – I think I put a lot of pressure on myself until like I went to the mother baby unit in Ballarat mm-hmm. um, and then they sort of like because I was doing like so the sleep consultant gave us um, like self-soothing strategies which like I didn't like doing but but thought like I just wanted to do what was best for Lola. So I followed them and she would cry and cry until she fell asleep and I'd just feel awful. And then when I went to the mother-baby unit, um, 
I started doing that like timer like I was like oh she's got to cry for two minutes before I can pick her up and they were like oh if you're not going in I'm gonna go in and cuddle her and then I was like oh am I allowed to like Mm. like, skip the two minutes and just go in and cuddle her and they're like yes like Mm. so that was really helpful I think in changing my attitude like towards all of that stuff too Yeah. yeah yeah that's great yeah and you mentioned the mother baby unit can you tell us about yeah how that eventuated for you um actually it was a bit around sleep too I think I'd gotten to that point where I was just feeling like really overwhelmed like sleep deprivation is awful and then just the weight of everything that I had and Mm. it's not that I had to do all of these things it's just you know I think those sort of like being a stay-at-home mum while on maternity leave you feel like the pressure to like I felt I personally felt the pressure to have the house clean all of the washing done like the beds made the uniforms laid out ready to go all of that Um, and I think I felt that pressure as well as the pressure of having essentially four kids like yeah um, exactly like I wasn't just a first-time mum like I was a stepmom as well and Andy's like he was so supportive and wonderful but you know he had to work nine to five um and which I really like appreciated because that meant I could be home with Lola but then I think I pressured myself to pick up more slack at home um and which he never expected to he would say babe you know I can do all of those things too like you don't have to do that and then yeah I think I just started to pressure myself and then I wasn't sleeping so then I think something just sort of like like flipped in me and I was like I need like help and I I, it's not going to be a sleep consultant it's not going to be a nap while Andy holds Lola like it's got to be something more like I I was just yeah and then I started sort of like crying all of the time like I would hold Lola and cry and just be like why why can't I do this why can't I get you to sleep why can't yeah and those sort of like feelings so I actually self-referred myself to the mother baby unit um and I would they took me within like a day um, and I stayed there for two weeks and honestly it was nice to have a bit of a break from reality and just time to spend with Lola and myself really too. And, yeah, they were, they were so helpful. Like, um, you see, I saw a psychiatrist two days a week and they would just give me insight into my own mind that I didn't even Things I didn't even know about myself that I found out, like, um, and just with some of my symptoms, they um, had a discussion with me around having anxiety and OCD, um, which I thought OCD, you know, it's like you've got to clean your hands till they bleed, like that sort of like stigma around that. And I was like, oh, I don't think I have OCD. And then they'd explain it to me. So, like, I would sort of... it sounds really awful but I would like threaten myself to get things done um and like I would say it's really hard to think of an example because it's very like intrusive sort of things um but say if I don't get like Shosha emptied by a certain time like Lola is going to stop breathing in her sleep tonight like and it would just be like silly like like I would like blackmail myself into getting things done and it would be like so unrelated. Like, how has that got anything to do with Lola's breathing in the night? Mm. Um, 
and then that would cause me to you know like I started checking Lola like religiously like I'd have to do it four times in a certain way like I'd have to hold her like chest and count four times and then I got a breathing alarm that I would check was flashing four times and and if I was interrupted while doing it I'd have to start again and like or if I thought I'd miscounted and that kind of thing and yeah I think like all that stress and anxiety um just sort of built up and then yeah I just yeah seeked help and I'm really really glad I went there like it was so lovely it was like a house I was expecting like the 80s like because I know what the hospital's like I was expecting like <laughs> these like, rickety old beds and like <laughs> yeah but it was really lovely it was like I stayed in a hotel for two weeks and oh, yeah. yeah it was really nice yeah yeah yep. um, and they did like so we saw the psychiatrist twice a week um and Andy was welcome to stay too um which he oh, did great. For yeah and um we would do like education every day like group education um and yeah and we wouldn't just speak about like mental health stuff like we'd also like one time we learned how to massage our baby um and then other times we'd do like cbt like cognitive behavioral training and that kind of thing yeah Mm, yeah oh well I'm sorry that you did experience those things I think that that's such such a challenging yeah thing to go through and a pressure to put on yourself that sounds yeah, yeah really hard yeah and it was always like based around like Lola and mm. like bad things that could happen to her and I wouldn't just because I know everybody has like intrusive thoughts and it yep. wouldn't just stay at that one oh what if I dropped her it would go, what if I dropped her? It what keeps if going, yeah. Her? And I'd have to do this and I'd have to tell everybody what I did to her and I'd have to, you know, yeah, it would just really snowball and I'd just be sitting there staring and thinking and then that would what, that's what would like not motivate me but like make me do things, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, good on you for seeking that help. I think yeah. that, yeah, that's really great that you did do that and – yeah. I'm glad that it was a really great experience for you yeah. and that you were able to get some clarity. Yeah. 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 yeah, great. And, yeah, so how are you feeling after you came out of the mother-baby unit? Um, actually, like, I felt, like, really relaxed and sort of, like, I would be able to tell myself when – because those thoughts still come. They still come now. But now I can just sort of tell myself that's not real life. Where's the evidence for that? Um, and, you know, like before that, I'd be so stressed just like trying to get stuff done. I wouldn't actually be spending time with like the older kids or like Andy. Like I'd just be like, no, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I, I just – and now like, you know, I was able to like sort of bring some of the things I'd learned there to like meditation, the kids. Like instead of like rushing to get the kids to bed, I'd be like, guys, do you want to do like a little bit of a meditation with me? And like – yeah, I just felt more like myself again. Yeah, um, great. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, also, should we talk about um the hip? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, Lola had hip dysplasia as well. So, from from the time she was born, she they would do the newborn test, like the newborn screenings and that kind of thing, and they would say, "Oh, like." Um, you might need to do an ultrasound on a hip when she's six weeks. Um, and 
I didn't really think anything of it because you're thinking about a hundred million things. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay. Um, and I didn't really look any into it, anything. Like I didn't research or anything about hip dysplasia. They didn't even say hip dysplasia. They said, oh, we'll have to do a hip ultrasound. And I was like, okay. So then, yeah, we did the hip ultrasound at six weeks and the tech who did it was like after it, he's like, I don't report these, but you need to go and see like your GP or pediatrician like ASAP. And I was like, oh, all right. So then, yeah, the pediatrician referred us to the prosthetics and orthotics um, place. Um, And, yeah, Lola had her appointment and she was put into a hip brace for hip dysplasia. And, yeah, sort of like we weren't allowed to bath her for I think it was a month. So, like, and I don't know, she just didn't feel like our baby anymore. Like she had this big... Um, so she went into a public um, harness and she had this like big like harness over her and it was hard oh, to wow. cuddle her. Yeah, yeah. And I had to like sort of learn different techniques in feeding her as well because yeah. you know, we had to put her legs apart and um, and yeah, we had to give her a sponge bath and she cried and cried like she, yeah, yeah she hated it. Um, mm. And then, yeah, we had to go to like uh, – fortnightly checks like you'd have to go to ultrasounds you'd have to go to um like they'd have to like check the brace and like like adjust it and that kind of thing so we're constantly at the the orthotics place um and yeah we yeah so many hours spent there I I should have calculated how many hours but it was like all the time and yeah just like I feel like she was delayed as well in like her rolling and crawling. So she didn't roll until she got the brace off. So she was braced from nine weeks to like six and a half months. Um, And yeah, she didn't roll until she was like eight months. And then um, she didn't crawl until she was 11 months. She's still not walking, but that's okay. And just like the car seat as well, like trying to fit her into the car seat and she hated yeah. to cry and cry because like, you know, her legs were touching the side. So we didn't really go on any long drives or anything yeah. like that. Wow. And like time gradually sort of like reduced with her in the brace. So she would get an hour off so she could have like free play. But then as soon as we'd like put it back on, she'd be upset and feel mm. so guilty back as well. And yeah. And it's not like it's a big deal, but it's not like – sometimes you think like oh things could be worse but like it it was like a big deal like for her to have it like and yeah I would cry a lot too when she would be crying like about it yeah Mm. and they said that um the pediatrician actually said that it could have been due to like um she would she said a packaging issue so like my uterus being so tight um with like being like the bicornuate uterus like the heart shape um that yeah just the way she was sitting in there like for so long yeah I was gonna ask that because yeah that yeah Hazel had to get a few ultrasounds and yeah she'd been posterior and she was like on the right side um, too and she yeah. was like a little bit like kind of like stuck in there so yeah. I think they said because of that they're like oh you know she has a high chance of having hip dysplasia so yeah well no one ever yeah. said that to me like um, yeah and like Lola's head was so like far down in my um pelvis like Mm. um actually during the scans of her they couldn't even like like get her face like (laughs) like, like, it's fully down there it's ready it was so down and like with the ultrasound like the tech would be like so far down and be like oh my god like (laughs) (laughs) where you going 
like bulging out like it was wow. um and the lightning crutch that was like real mm, oh my god <laughs> I remember that it was yeah. awful yeah yeah um, yeah so yeah the hip dysplasia like it I, I feel like there needs to be like a bit more like awareness mm. about it because yeah I had no idea I knew that pugs could get it I have a pug <laughs> I knew that like he could get it yeah. but I didn't know about like kids having it um and there's a yeah. lot of support out there too like um there's a Facebook page um like I think it's called like Hip Dysplasia Australia for um hippie mums and dads yeah um, <laughs> yeah yeah um, cool. and even like thinking like all these little things like the sleeping bag she had, like I had to go and buy like a specific one for that. Really, um, yeah. Fit in a pram as well, like so many yep. things. Like, yeah, that's also yeah. hard. Yeah, so and then navigate. Like, co-sleeping with that too, there was like even less space. Like, mm. <laughs> do you think yeah. that contributed to her sleep, like her waking up a bit as well? Probably, yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah. Did you notice a change in her sleep after it came off? Um. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I like to blame like anything I can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. But no, she's still the same sort of sleeper. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and when did you, what, I can't remember if you said before, but when did you go into the mother baby unit? How old was Lola um, then? So this was after a brace was off. So when okay. she was like eight months. Um, yeah. 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 Yes. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I feel like I was just in survival mode until mm. it was like it was a problem. It became a problem. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Do you think kind of the stress and the challenge of the hip dysplasia experience, do you think that contributed to Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And like um just all that anxiety. I I would always be so anxious about all of the things that could go wrong with Lola. Mm. Um and I don't think like her having hip dysplasia helps because I would be like up Googling when will my baby walk? Like, is it mm. going to affect like this or that? And Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, there's so much, so much guilt around developmental stuff. I know so many parents yeah. that that really mm. triggers them, that topic. And yeah. yeah, you know, there's kind of like milestones that babies have to yeah. meet by a certain stage and then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like, I have this. I had this maternal child health app that the maternal child health told me to get. Mm. And it would like I had that me. for a while. Yeah. yeah I stopped say, using it. <laughs> yeah. It would say your baby should be or could yeah. be. And then it would say if your baby's not. And I'd be mm-hmm. like, thinking, I'd be like, oh, she doesn't do that. I need mm-hmm. to like make an appointment. Yeah. There's something wrong with her. Like, yeah. Yeah. when they're all just different and yeah, we I all just like grow up to be <laughs> to be humans that yeah like does do it matter things. when you walk yeah. like, you know when you walked like yeah, yeah exactly exactly yeah yeah I can walk even, fine now that's all that matters <laughs> yeah exactly you'll walk eventually surely and even like in mother's group too like I would I found that the mother's group I was like assigned um mm-hmm. first time mum or first time parents yeah. sorry that was just so huge and there would be like everyone was just trying to sort of get their like not opinions but like their like say out like about their baby okay. and what they're doing and like what is your yeah. baby doing oh my baby yeah. does this and I found okay. that a little bit hard so we actually um actually like we made our own sort of like mother's group so that mum that I was talking about earlier my work colleague mm. she um 
she would invite me over um, to her house and it'd be us two. And then sometimes like her other friend would come and then it's sort of all just like, we sort of just joined into like this group of five mums and babies, um, five or six. I know that mm. I think it's five or six, but anyway, um, yeah, nice. they're all boys and Lol is the only girl. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> the leader of the pack yeah female energy yeah yeah oh oh cute yes oh well that's so good that you yeah yeah, proactively started your own group if the other mother's group didn't resonate we're all um nurses except for one so oh wow yeah yeah Yeah. so you've got that to kind of connect on as well yeah 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 great and how has kind of friendships been for you did you have many friends that also had kids A a few but like not the same age I think like with friendships like I feel like I'm not sure I'm sure it's common with everyone but at the start so many people you know were like oh I want to come visit I've got to come visit and they would come and visit and hold Lola for so long and the entire time would be like oh my god please give her back now mm. and it'd only be like five minutes and I'd be just like itching to have her back um yeah but yeah, like I feel like yeah, it was really like a lot of people were interested in Lola when she was tiny and cute and like yep. she's always like tiny and cute, but like <laughs> when she was really small and then it just like trailed off and like I haven't even spoken to some people that have met her when she was born. Mm, like, yeah, same. So, like it's so weird and I really mm. regret like letting people come over in the first few weeks. Like mm. if I could go back in time, I would just enjoy Lola like with our family like yeah being like our like immediate family like the kids Andy and I I wish I could go back in time and just do that and then wait like yeah but I think like a lot of like new friends that are mums I've made like a lot of a lot of new friends that are mums and some old friends too that like oh yeah I suppose that I lied a little bit there um I had a housemate and we sort of hadn't spoken for a few years really like we'd already always had each other on social media and then I saw that she'd had a baby as well so we sort mm. of like reconnected as well and she's yeah. part of that mother's group the, the oh, maiden cool. <laughs> yeah um, the DIY yeah. mother's group <laughs> yeah yeah so um she yeah like reconnecting old like sort of friendships yeah yeah oh nice yeah it's funny how having a baby can really connect you oh, to yeah. people yeah yeah you talk for hours yeah. like about them huh yes. like we had yeah. um we had dinner and all we did, literally did the whole time was talk about them, <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> so nice to have like someone who also have has kids to talk about baby yeah, stuff like yeah yeah um, so important or even like um my best friend she she's a bit younger so she's uh like 25 and um like she's just finished uni and that kind of thing and like I was it wasn't that I wasn't expecting it but like she was like I don't know she is like it feels like she's like her auntie like she like genuinely loves like and she is excited and she always accepts all of the the photos and updates I send her and like Mm. seems genuinely like excited about her and like she genuinely loves her and stuff yeah 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 that's so special too yeah yeah Yeah. and I'd love to know you mentioned before we hit record that you've just started going back to work doing some nursing I'd love to know kind of like how that's been and also how um becoming a parent has influenced your self-identity as well as yeah your professional life 
Yeah. So I've been a nurse for I think like five or six years um, and I was working in emergency before Lola um, and I did like my postgrad and I feel like my life was very like centred around work and like my career like progressing in that kind of thing and then I met Andy and the kids and then we had Lola and I just realized like that doesn't even matter like work's always going to be there but Lola and the kids are not going to be this age forever and then I just realized like um so when you're a nurse you can do keeping in touch shifts um so when you're on maternity leave you can go back and do shifts um just to literally keep in touch and like get used to being a nurse again, my other role um, in life. And I don't know, I just realised how stressed I was and like how busy it is in emergency. And I just started feeling like it wasn't my vibe anymore. But prior to that, I loved being like, like, you know, the fast paced, busy environment, like, um, and I just, yeah, I just realised that like, you know, home is more important, um, and work now and I started looking for different different roles within the hospital um that I could do and different roles that sort of still met my like career like wants and needs but also like met my family wants and needs so I started working yeah in the cath lab so the cardiovascular suite and it's just better hours like it's like either 7 30 to 4 or 9 to 5 30 so and weekdays um so that suited us better and it's such a good team there too like everyone's really happy and supportive it's more of a yeah like a small knit family like rather than so nice big busy emergency department yeah Um, totally totally and yeah I don't know I just find I have more time like at work to actually enjoy myself and enjoy like the the break but not not a break mm-hmm. but like because you're working but like it feels like a break and I don't and I don't find myself wondering how Lola is as much as I did when I was in emergency so now I'm sort of like um you know enjoying myself at work and by the end of the day I miss Lola but I actually as bad as it sounds like I don't miss her like while I'm at work like I enjoy like the adult conversation and um learning new things and yeah this yeah. the stimulation yeah but then yeah. when like four or five thirty comes along I've, I've rushed I've got to go and get Lola like ASAP like yeah mm. just because I miss yeah. it <laughs> yeah 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 it's a bit of a hard one like it's like you miss them but you don't miss them yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then you kind of feel guilty. You're like, oh, should I be missing them more? Like, I'm but kind of loving know. having this time by myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, beautiful mm-hmm. though. So nice to go and see her. And how she's finding daycare. She. I think she likes it now. At the start, you feel so awful dropping them off. Like they're just when they're crying. Yeah. Yeah. And on the first day, I dropped her. I cried so much. Um, mm. And it was actually yeah. my first day in the um, cath lab as well and I hadn't wow. really like, yeah. I didn't know everyone and I just walked in like crying like hello I'm here to work <laughs> um, but they were all really understanding because they like have kids well the person I was speaking to had kids and she understood she adjusted eventually it's really funny though sorry to Andy but like when I drop her off she cries and like clings and wants to come back to me but then lately when Andy drops her off um 
she's kind of like bye dad and like even the educator (laughs) commented on how she already like thinks like Andy's her embarrassing dad because like we like Andy will be like can I have a kiss Lola and she'll like put her hand up and like look (laughs) so sassy like he he calls me and he's like she doesn't love me anymore like why doesn't she want to cuddle but he's like he's joking but like he's like I wish she would just cuddle me and be sad But the sickness is like, oh, my gosh, um, she's, yeah, constantly got a runny nose and a cough and mm. actually has hand, foot and mouth at the moment. So, mm. oh, yeah. gosh. Yeah. But she seems like she has fun. Like the updates are really sweet and cute. That's actually the highlight of my day when I'm at work. They come they come around 2 o'clock, the updates on the app, and I'm like, oh, look at her there. She's having fun playing. Mm. Yeah. yeah, so good. Yeah. So nice to just look at the things that they've been up to, even if it's like a nappy change. You're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> well, like for lunch, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, how much did she eat of that? Mm, cool, mm, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so good. Yeah, and how's your relationship with Andy changed since you've become parents? Well, I guess like I don't think it's changed. Like I still love him the same. Um, I just don't. We obviously don't get any time together really. So. We try and get all the kids to bed by seven because um, it's good for them, but also like mm. so we can have some time. Um, Solid chunk, yeah. Yeah, so I think um, like I'm so grateful for Andy so that I could stay home like with Lola for all of that time um, and I'm grateful that he works five days a week so I only have to work three. But sometimes I feel like a bit like – resentful in ways like because you know I feel like his life didn't change like he was already a dad um and like it was like such a big like shock and change to me and like he just seemed so chill throughout it like he was like yeah you just got to do this with her or this is how you change her nappy so she doesn't wee like all over us Mm. and um (laughs) and then I'd be like oh okay um, and then, yeah, feeling, like, resentful because, like, I feel like he just gets to go to work every day, go and get a coffee when he wants and um, yeah. go to the gym even. Like, I used to love going to the gym. Like, I would go five days a week. Um, mm. And now I just, like, that sort of, like, is at the bottom the of my gone. priorities. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. where he's, like, I've got to go to the gym and he'll, you know, after the kids are in bed, go to, go to the gym. So if that's, like, a night that he's going to the gym, we don't really get – much time to connect and we haven't been on a date since like Lola was born um mm, we've taken well, so hard time. to find time <laughs> yeah and like also to find like um like I have a hard time of letting her go as well like um yeah no one's really like looked after her except for Andy or daycare so um yeah, yeah I just find it hard like I know we need to go on a date but also like I just yeah I don't want, I don't want to let her go. Yeah. I, and I'm, yeah. So it's like hard. Cause like, yeah, you do feel a bit like resentful in the way that like they can just carry on the way they do and sleep mm. the way that they do, but then, and not have to breastfeed either. Like, yeah. 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 It feels like they're, yeah, their lives and their bodies and their hormones don't go under this like monumental shift that it does for birthing people yeah 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 but yeah I I feel like we're still like um or I know that we're still like strong and love each other Mm. and yeah it's just those things that you think about especially when you've got all this time like yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. In the yeah. night at two AM one. <laughs> yeah. When you see yeah. Like holding. <laughs> yeah, like feeding or patting. Yeah, or actually, yeah. do you know what? This is probably not good, but sometimes <laughs> I would like um, if I had to wake up to feed Lola and he'd be so like like dead asleep, I would like just wriggle and like elbow him a little bit. So I'd be like, Oh wow, you're awake. <laughs> Not because I'm awake. <laughs> <laughs> oh hi. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's cute. The blankets and he'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah. You need that kind of um camaraderie at that time. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. Yeah, great. Yeah, okay. And as a final question for us, um, if you could go back in time and visit your new parent self, you've just become a parent, what kind of words or comfort or, advi- or advice would you give yourself? I'd probably just say like, it'll be okay. Like it's okay. And just do your best in the moment. Um, and to not put too much pressure on myself as well. Um, just let the house get messy. Let the kids have fun. Let them be loud too. And yeah, I think just maybe not to put too much pressure on myself and just enjoy Lola and cuddle her more if that's even mm. possible. Like I never put it. <laughs> like yeah. just to, just enjoy like the simple moments. Yeah. 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 They're so that's such important things and it's so I felt I feel the exact same thinking back, but when you're yeah. in the moment you're just so like yeah. Uh, what am I doing? Especially the yeah. first time you have no idea <laughs> what's yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah. For sure. yeah. 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 Great. Yeah. Uh, well, Amy, thanks so much for coming onto the podcast today and sharing all of your experiences. It's been so lovely to hear and thanks for raising awareness around hip dysplasia. As you say, I think there needs to be more awareness around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish that there was more, yeah, that there was more out there that people got like information packs on or something after birth. Yeah. So they can kind of prepare. With, yeah. Added in with all the other pamphlets you get. Like. Yeah. To like 8,000. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <What's familiar? laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, thank you. Thanks for talking about it and for your, and your experiences with postnatal anxiety and OCD as well. I think that's really yeah. important. Thank you. No worries. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. It's been lovely. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Sharing our stories is such a meaningful way to connect with ourselves and others. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Follow us on Instagram at definitelybabypodcast for photos of our weekly guests, updates, or to share your own story. I'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe, rate the podcast or share with a friend. It really helps us to grow and help other parents feel more supported by these beautiful stories. I'll see you next week for another lovely episode.